0: So John's going to come now, he's going to share a little vision with us before the offering. John Peters from India, Intercessors for America. We'll tell you later how you can get involved.
1: Thank you Pastor R and thank you uh, leadership for allowing me to come and share the vision here. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of God this morning? I'm really happy that I'm in America. I'm not in a Middle East nation or in Saudi Arabia. Or in some other nation, a communist nation where you cannot worship your God freely. How many of you are really thankful this morning that you live in a nation where you have the liberty and the freedom to worship the God that you want? Amen? Do you really realize it? only when you go out of the nation, if you don't go to a third world country or out of America, you won't realize the value of what I'm making, the statement that I'm making this morning. America was started right. But the way she's going, the direction she is heading is not right. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Yes. Some of you are not responding. Are you with me this morning? Yes. I cannot let you sleep on me this morning. Is that all right? But the question I want to ask you. Is, yes, America is not going in the direction it needs to go. And we can watch Fox, we can watch CNN, or you can you can choose the the, the channel that you wanted to watch, and you can add our opinions and say whatever we want. But I want to challenge you this morning: Can America be saved? Yeah. I don't know if you, all of you have a copy of this or not. The last service we had, some of you have it, or if you don't have, there is a table out back, and we have these. And I want you to take one of these and go with you. The question that I want to ask you is, if America can be saved, what can I do to be part of that? And I want to leave you with one phrase as a vision. Through prayer, we can save America. And let's read a scripture. Can we all read it at the count of three? That'd be alright? Is that okay? At the count of three, let's all read it loud. What is on the screen? One... Two, three OK, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You sound like only 10 people in here. Can we all read it loud? Okay, is that all right? I just want to be real. Okay, I don't want to be churchy this morning, okay? Let's read that the count of three. One, two, three. Good. Oh, my name. This is a very famous common scripture. But I want to challenge you this morning. If you belong to Jesus. It says, if my people who are called by not any other name. By whose name? What name is that? The name of Jesus. If you are called by the name of Jesus. And he is asking if they shall humble themselves. I tell you why, as America, we need to humble ourselves so that America can be saved. You know why? We we don't have idols like India. But we have idols that we follow which are not so-called, within quotes, idols. We love football more than God. We love our entertainment more than God. Sometimes even we love families more than God. Sometimes we love money more than God. This morning my vision to you is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek and crave. Is there a craving for God in our hearts? Or is God a lost treasure that we don't even know, we don't lost sight of it? There was a time we, we were excited about God. Jesus meant something for me. When I was 20 years ago, Got saved. Or walked down the aisle with well, Billy Graham crusade or something like that. Now, Jesus is something that I do on a Sunday morning. And I believe that is the reason why America is going in a direction where it is going. If the churches can arise out of their slumber. If church can arise out of the sleep that she is in. I believe very strongly, America can be saved. My question today to you is this. What are you going to do? It took one Esther to change the nation's direction. It took one Jonah to change the whole city of Nineveh, the nation to change. It took one Ezra, one Nehemiah. I want you to close your eyes this morning. And I want you to soak the scripture. And I want you to hear the voice of God. Yes, John, I I realize the nation is going in a direction it should not go. But the voice of God is ringing in Ezekiel 22 and verse 20. My eyes are running to and fro to look for one man who would stand in the gap and build a wall. So that I do not destroy the nation. But it said, I found none. Who is this Esther in this congregation that God is calling you? Who is this Ezra that is in there? You might say, young man, like you, you might say, I'm just a young man. I do not know how to speak. But Jeremiah said the same thing. But God is calling you. It doesn't matter whether you're a boy or a girl or an adult I just want you to hear the voice of God this morning saying, I love this nation, is what God is saying. But He's saying, I need my people to take their position of humility and bend their knees, lift their hands and surrender and say, God, we will not stop but seek you till you answer us. Can I throw a challenge to you and say, can we join an army? And we'll keep knocking on the heavens door till God moves the seat of heaven and comes down and touches America again. But who will respond Probably we have more time for Facebook than prayer. Probably I text more while driving. I'm texting, I'm calling. But God is saying, Will you fast in a way that makes meaning, meaning to you and seek the God of your salvation that America can be saved again? Will you be that one this morning who will come in to say, I will pray. I will be part of that army. And say, God, not just my sin, my fellow countrymen's sin, my forefathers' sin. Daniel prayed the prayer. That's what Pastor R is going to share later on. Who would stand in the gap for us? Thank you.
0: Would you stand with me as we read some scripture together? This is Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 24. Say it with me. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. God bless you. You may see seated. The question, three questions to me rise out of the text. The first is, do you know who you are? And the second is, do you know, do you really know what you have? And the third is, do you know now what you can do? We talked last week about God's mercy. And everybody, every day, gets a restart, a second chance. This day, God's mercy is new to us. God's mercy was shown to us through the person of Jesus Christ, the perfect person who made the perfect sacrifice for imperfect people. He presented himself to God as this perfect sacrifice, Shedding his blood, his body being broken. That we who are broken may be healed, made whole by him. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might become the very righteousness of God. Whereas before, our identity was tied into our sin. Now our identity is related to the person of Jesus. We are identified with him. Jesus Christ was crucified and we have been crucified with him. Jesus Christ was buried, and our old life was buried with him. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and we've been raised unto newness of life. Jesus Christ was anointed, and we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ was an intercessor who lived his life interceding. And we have the privilege to pray. We used to be very far away from God, But now we can draw near to God. We used to use God's name in vain. But now we know our Father is Abba. And Jesus is the sweetest name we know. We used to be unfamiliar with prayer. I remember my first date with Debbie. And she said, would you like to pray? And I said, I don't know how. But now we're learning how to come into God's presence. Do you really know who you are? That your life is an intercessor. Very early in the morning, Jesus got up and he went away to a solitary place. And there he interceded on behalf of us. He prayed to his Father. Jesus' life was one of intercession. Some of you here are called into intercession. Intercession is... Battling on behalf of somebody else in prayer. You say, Pastor, what's the difference between praying and interceding? Well, when you pray, you lift up petitions to the Lord. For instance, in our Lord's Prayer, when he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's a petition we're lifting up. God, provide for us according to our needs. And if you provide more than we need, help us to be generous with those without their daily provisions. When we pray, forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. We're praying that, Lord, help us to extend to others the grace that you've extended to us. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're asking God to help us to overcome temptation, not submit to, succumb to temptation. When we pray, deliver us from evil, that's a petition, that's a prayer. But an interceder, a person with intercession, sometimes is awake in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's 4 a.m. And the Lord will lay a burden upon your heart, a specific need. You see, somebody is in danger. Somebody is facing an emergency. Somebody is facing a trial. And so that heart is crying out to God, and God is laying that person's heart, person's need upon your heart. And God begins to release his power as we begin to pray and intercede for them. And I think what God is doing across our land is he's raising up a mighty army of intercessors who are going to battle for our nation, who are going to lay before God the financial condition we find ourselves in. We're going to battle for our families, for our children. We're going to beseech God for healing, for emotional wounds. So your position, your, who you really are, is you are an intercessor before God. And do you know what you have? It says in verse 19, Therefore, since we have something, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. You see, in the Old Testament, there was only one person who could enter the holy place, the high priest, who was sprinkled with blood, who was washed with clean water. Once a year he could come before the Lord in the most holy place and there make intercession for his people. But now because of the blood of Jesus, because his body was torn and the curtain was torn, we can come into God's throne room. We can come into God's presence. We can be people of prayer to intercede. You see, we have a confidence. God has given us a confidence. Don't you love to see somebody with confidence? Seeing a quarterback strut onto the field with confidence. Seeing a surgeon walk into an operating room with confidence. Seeing a student in class with confidence. And one of the gifts that God gives us is confidence. You see, we can boldly come into God's presence with confidence, into his throne room, into his throne of grace, to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. You see, mercy is what we need when we sin. O God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And grace is what we need when we need to be strengthened, and empowered from within. O God, bestow your grace upon me. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be sympathetic with us, but one who is tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Our high priest is Jesus Christ. And it is he who is making intercession for the church. Look at verse 21. Since we have a great high priest over the very house of God, we are the people of God, the house of God. And Jesus is our intercessor, and he's praying for us. He's praying for unity in his body. He's praying according to our individual needs. Jesus Christ is the great high priest. Now, in the Old Testament, the priest wore the breastplate of righteousness with the stones of the tribes next to his heart, which says to me that the people of God are on the heart of God. They're precious to him. And we are engraved upon his hands. That is our high priest, and Jesus Christ is his name. So who we are is we are intercessors, and what we have is confidence to enter into his presence, and we have a great high priest. And do you know what we can do now? (laughs) Verse 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. We can draw near to God in prayer. Prayer is a privilege that God has given to us to come into his presence anytime, anywhere. We can come into his presence right now. God has made himself accessible to us. And God is advocating for us as our great intercessor. It was Jesus Christ on the cross who said, Father, forgive them, interceding on behalf of those crucifying him. He said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Before he went to the cross, he said, Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was interceding before the very throne room of God. And then he gave instructions to the church. He said, I want you to wait. I want you to pray. And they went to Jerusalem. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. It was there that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. And it was said of the church that they were devoted to prayer. That means the pattern of their life, the practice of their life, was of a praying people. They knew the power of God is released through prayer. And it was on their way to a prayer meeting that Peter and John saw a lame man and said, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. And the man for the first time walked. And then the, the religious authorities brought persecution against the apostles and they threatened them. And they said, Sovereign Lord, they were in a prayer meeting, and that very place was shaken by the power of God. And then we see that that there was prayer being offered up continually before God. And Peter was praying. He was fasting and praying, and God gave him a vision. And there was a man whose name was Cornelius, and he was also praying that God might send him a messenger. And Peter went to Cornelius' house and proclaimed the gospel of God, and Cornelius and all those in his family were saved. And then there was Peter, and Peter was in prison. But the church was making earnest prayers for Peter. Do you know what happens when the church of God begins to pray? Peter was asleep. And he was awakened by an angel. When we begin to pray as intercessors, those who are asleep begin to begin awakened. And there were chains on his hands and chains on his feet. And those chains were released by the power of prayer. And he was in a prison cell. And the prison door swung open because the church was praying. When God's people pray, chains fall off people's wrists and feet. And doors swing open. And people who've been sleeping are awakened. And what God is moving upon our nation is to awaken us, to stir us to pray. The very first missionaries were sent out in prayer. It was in a prayer meeting that God set apart Saul and Barnabas, for the work to which he called them. So he says, in light of all of this, let us draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean, our bodies washed. And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without doubting. Do you remember the very first time that you made your confession of hope? Do you remember when you did that? Remember when you were hopeless and God gave you hope? You put your hope in the wrong things and you were disappointed and disillusioned. And then you heard the good news about Jesus Christ and the hope of heaven, the hope of eternal life. And you confess Jesus Christ. It was like you became brand new again. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things begin to pass away. Behold, all things become new. I do not put my hope in this government. I do not put my hope in the election, in any candidate. I do not put my hope in this economy. But my hope is in the living God. And he says, let's hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering. For he who promised us is faithful. Our God is a faithful God, and he will keep his promises. Our God is from everlasting to everlasting Our God is the Alpha and the Omega. Our God is sovereign over the affairs of our nation. Our God is good and our God is true. And our God shows grace to His people. And our God pours out mercy unto His people. God wants to release His mercy and His grace unto us. So let's hold fast with this confession of faith. Not wavering. Because God, who promised us, is faithful. And let's consider then how to stir one another up to love and good deeds. And one of the ways that we stir one another to love and good deeds is through prayer. And John's going to come now, and we're going to have a little prayer concert. And we're going to pray over our nation, we're going to pray over our economy, we're going to pray over our families. We're going to pray for God's healing in our lives. Here's John.
1: The first point that we're going to pray this morning in response to God's word is for election. You know, God is calling us to be intercessors. God is calling us to be prayer warriors, to rise up and build up this wall. And we're going to pray... That God would bring leaders who are godly, who will honor God. That God would cause those leaders to act in national interest. And also I just want to ask you and say God let your will be done in this coming election. It's not about one candidate, it's not about another candidate, it's about the will of God. And then let's say God remove the spirit of fear that is constantly hovering over us because of economy and all the commotions and all kinds of things happening. Even during the election year, most of the time, people use fear to get you to vote or get you to swing to one side. Let's pray as church to break that spirit of fear that we will be driven by love. We will be driven by values and purpose and not by fear and any other agenda or motive. Let's pray against the spirit of division that comes during the election year. As in the nation, people are polarized. Let's pray that division will not come because the enemy always tries to divide so that we can fight with one another and then he can have his way. And let's pray that God would touch the hearts of the people with love. Would you just close your eyes this morning? Young men, young women, adults, men and women, grandmothers, grandpas. It doesn't matter. There's no age. The Bible did not say, I'm calling a 15-year-old. I'm calling a 40-year-old. God is saying, if my people, if we are breathing and if we have flesh and if we are born again, or if we know Jesus, we love Jesus, God is calling us. I challenge you this morning to make an altar wherever you're at. Make an altar wherever you're at. If you're used to kneeling down, kneel down. If you're used to standing up, stand up. Do the way you normally would do to stand in the gap to pray. Which just, all of us would begin to pray for election this morning. Is that okay if everyone pray this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, talk to God. Talk to Him that God will bring... God, if you speak it, I'm saying there's something happens when you declare, when you say it out of your mouth. Jesus did not create something by thinking in his mind. He said, let there be light. So I want you to speak the will of God. Say, let the will of God be done in this election. Say to this mountain to be moved the fear that is ruling over us. Will you just join with me and say, Lord, we come against the spirit of division, Lord. Unite us with love. Who wants to pray this morning as an answer to the call of God? I want someone in the congregation, would you stand up and lead us for this point, please? Let's respond to the word of the Lord. We're going to pray next. For the financial situation, the economy of our nation is not doing very well. You know, we pray that we acknowledge that God is our provider. It could be that as a nation we have not put God as the provider. It could be that the dollar bill has taken the place of God. It could be that the spirit of mammon, the materialism has taken over, not God anymore. Can we as a church repent before God and say, God? We don't trust in you as a provider, but we trust in the means that you have given us, oh God, to live. And can we just turn to God and say, God, not only that we have allowed you not to be the provider, we have gone away from the creative force, the creativity that comes from the Holy Spirit, that we have stopped asking you for new ideas. I want every young man and young woman in this room, as you're going to school and college, I challenge you today to ask God for an idea. I challenge you today, everyone, to ask God for a dream. That God will revolutionize. I want to tell you, people of God, intellectualism or intellect cannot help us. God has to use our intellect to give us something. Let's put God in the place where He needs to be. Can we all just turn to somebody probably not your wife or your husband probably the one in the back row or the row in the front of you join hands and let's pray this morning that God would change the economy of our nation. Is that be alright? Will that be part of church for us to pray in the house of God? Because I was like ooh because God said this, is, this house is called the house of prayer. It's okay. Just turn around. Turn to somebody. If you don't know what to say, say, Jesus, be it unto me according to your word. No compulsion. You you don't have to do it if you don't feel like that's okay. But let's just pray this morning. Everyone begin to pray. Begin to cry out because God can only help us. People of God, I'm telling you, if God doesn't help us, no politician can help us. No president can help us. No government can help us. No government program can help us. Only God who can help us. Let's cry out to Him. Come on, people. Let's humble ourselves before Him. God, we are messed up. Oh, God. For 50 years, 60 years, oh God. We have not put you in the place of a provider. We have not put you in the place of a creator. God, we are running our own dreams. We are running our own life the way we want to do it, Lord. We have forgotten you. Forgive us, Father God. We call you back again. Come back to America. Can we call Him this morning saying, God, come back to America this morning. Oh God, this is no more in Christian nation, God. We need you in this nation. Oh God, come back. Jesus, we need you in this place. Ask Him for a miracle. He can move a mountain this morning. He can He can cause the storm to calm down. He can speak to the wind. He can cause the dead man to come back left life. He is able to do it as long as we ask him. Father, do it, do it, Lord, as we people of God cry out for you. Oh, hallelujah, the spirit of God is moving. Hearts are being moved, respond. Hearts are being moved. Respond. That small nudging. The small butterfly in your stomach is the Holy Ghost. Moving you. Respond. Obey Him. Do not ignore Him. I see it all over this place. Like a butterfly in your belly. It is God moving you. Obey Him this morning. Say, Jesus, I do not know. Be real to Him. Tell Him, Lord, I hate it. I hate it, but I want to. Help me, Jesus, this morning. Hallelujah. Oh God, raise intercessors, God, who would stand and care? Samson, would you mind leading us for this point in prayer for us this morning? We're going to pray now for families. And it is very sad as a nation. We are struggling to define marriage. We are struggling to uphold the sanctity of marriage. And we see a lot of problems in relationships. There needs to be healing and restoration. And there are many children rebelling, many teenagers rebelling in the houses. This morning, the Lord is calling us as parents. I want to put a challenge out to the fathers, to the mothers, to elder sisters. You act like mom in your home, single mom, single dad. This morning, the Lord is challenging you. Will you stand in the gap? I believe this morning there's a breakthrough coming if you believe and say to the mountain that things will be healed in your life. Relationships will be healed in your life. If you will believe and speak, there will be a restoration. I believe this morning, the Lord is touching some of you in powerful ways. Who would pray for the families of America this morning? Who would stand in the gap and cry out for the families in the church? Who would stand in the gap and cry out for the teenagers this morning? Oh, is the Spirit of the Lord is wooing somebody. Is the Spirit of the Lord moving on somebody. Let's just begin to cry out before God. We need God in our family i challenge the men if god is asking you to be a responsible bold man stand up and pray for the families of america you don't have to just because i'm asking but if you feel a responsibility as a father. Will you just respond to the call of God and say, Lord, as men, we stand in this congregation and pray for the families, not just my families, Lord. My family, Lord, I want to pray for the families in this nation, the generation that is running after. Let me tell you, people, there is a generation who has not received the touch of a father or a hug of a father. This morning, the Lord is calling us. Respond to God this morning. Let's not follow a method. Let's not follow a form. Let God have His way this morning. Hallelujah. Is there any men who want to respond and say, I do not know how to pray, but I'm willing to stand up as a sign that God wants to touch the families this morning. The Spirit of God is moving. I'm telling you, I believe this. There's going to be change coming into your children's life. You're going to see a miracle. Your teenage daughter coming home saying, Dad, I'm sorry. You're going to hear testimonies of teenage sons coming back saying, Father, I'm sorry. If you will say this morning, if you will speak to God this morning, there is a miracle that's going to happen. probably a young man here a teenager saying I don't understand what is this dude talking about but I want to tell you there's a day coming you will be a father then you will know what I'm talking about is there a man who wants to pray say God I commit the families is there a man who can stand like Nehemiah like Ezra is there a man like David When David lost his family, he cried out before God and said, God, he inquired the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He said, Is there somebody in this room who said, I'm burdened about this. I want to say a word of prayer. Would you please? Lastly, we're going to pray for people who need healing in their relationship and their emotions. I didn't plan to do this as I'm as I'm standing here I keep seeing wounded children before my eyes. Hearts are broken. If that be all right, Can we all pray that God would heal the children who need a touch, who need a hug, who need words of affirmations looking at their eyes and saying, I love you. God is healing some people here supernaturally. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit pour new wine and oil into heal. There are relationships, there are hurts, God wants to heal. Hearts are broken this morning. God wants to heal. Rain down your healing, Lord, Father. We need your healing. presence of God is reigning in this place. If you're suicidal, God wants to heal you this morning. If you're dealing with depression, God wants to heal you this morning. I don't know why I keep keep hearing the word. There are some of you struggling here with depression or even thoughts of suicide because you don't feel worth in you. But God is reaching out to you this morning. God is reaching out to your very soul and saying, you might not have had a dad or a mom tell you I love you, but I, the heavenly father, is looking at you and saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Oh, I see God's hand on many of you this morning, touching you. I love him. I love him. Say, God, I need it. God, I need healing. I need your healing, Lord. I need your healing, Lord. Touch me, Lord. I need you. I need your healing. Ask him, ask him. He is standing by you. Reach out and touch him. Child, reach out and touch it. There's virtue flowing this morning. There's virtue flowing this morning. Father, I come against every assault upon daughters and sons, every wounded heart, every wounded spirit everyone that is in bondage, I pray in the name of Jesus be broken loose, Father God. That the love of God will flow this morning. That the love of God will penetrate this morning, Father God. I speak restoration and hope and joy and strength this morning, Father God. I speak to those valleys of dry bones and I say let the life of God blow upon them, Father God. Now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name, every dead bone come back to life in Jesus' name. Let an army arise and see the hand of God touches. I love them this morning. I love them that are adults, God is touching you. God is healing you. Ooh, yes, yes broken relationships God is healing broken relationships God is healing if your heart needs to be turned back to God now is the time He's wooing some of you. He's calling some of you. Respond to him. Respond to him. He's standing by you. He's standing close to you. slip up your hand some of the prayer warriors will come and just minister to you if you just need prayer will you just slip up your hand and prayer warriors held us in this place there's a hand I see there there's another hand here somebody could just pray there's another hand there could people around them if they just pray pray for one another pray for one another God God is healing God is healing God is healing God is healing. God is healing, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Call upon him. still healing. I know it's taken a little bit of time, but it's alright. This is more important. God's healing people. I'm telling you, your life is never again going to be the same. If you had an encounter, if you just touched the hem of His garment, your life is going to be changed. The life of the church is going to be changed.
0: burden I've been carrying for about a year and a half two years I know many here have also been carrying the same burden Mm -hmm. the burden is to come against the spirit of division Mm -hmm. to unleash a spirit of unity the burden is to come clean, to be honest and not keep uh, anything hidden the burden is to unclog this pipe and let (laughs) and let the spirit of God move You've asked me to lead, and so I'm going to lead you with a confession. I have sinned against God and man. Three elders have stepped down from their position. And God, over time, has been showing me my own sin, show me some blind spots in my own life, my own lack of courage to say what needed to be said, my lack of courage to do what needed to be done. Consequently, my failure to love has brought pain and hurt into three households, and so I ask, Forgiveness. I ask of Sean and Denise, their family, Randy and Winda, and of Kurt and um, Lisa, I ask the Lord for their forgiveness. My own issues have kept me from responding to these men and their families in a godly way. I think my fears kicked in and my own baggage kicked in, but today I believe that God has not given me a spirit of fear. I believe God's given me a spirit of boldness, and I believe the blood of Jesus Christ Covers me and my sin, <laughs> and I believe there's a fresh wind of the Spirit blowing here. I believe this place is thick with the presence of God, and we are here in His presence, and God's doing a healing thing here. Pray with me, Father. We're about to partake of a bread and cup. It reminds us of a body that was broken. It reminds us of blood that was shed. It reminds us of the atonement, the redemption that was paid for us, each one. Before we receive um, this cup and this bread, Lord, we remember Jesus. And we call upon his name. And we pray for his healing, Lord, for his covering our sins. I pray for your forgiveness for my sins. Just to come into your presence, Lord, and acknowledge you as our God. Here we stand, Lord, broken. In the presence of him who was broken bring us healing and restoration. Heal us, Lord, and restore us. And may the wind of your spirit blow. We, uh, we do pray in Jesus' name.